whether I've dealt with coworkers or bosses or customers, um, one thing that I figured out is that when I smile and just do the best that I can do and try to encourage other people, I really get complimented way more on my personality and being happy and considerate as opposed to being known for that employee that just has the attitude problem. Uh, let me tell you a secret. There's plenty of research out there that people who are uh, smiling uh, do better in life. They do better in the classroom. If you're a teacher, come on, how many of you have been a teacher uh, and you're more drawn to the kids that smile and give you feedback? I can tell you as a speaker, when I get on a platform, it can be a thousand people or two thousand people in the auditorium, and I can always pick out the three or four that are really reinforcing me with a smile or an amen or whatever. Because uh, we just engage with people. We are visual and we connect with people when we get that kind of feedback. But the guy who's got his arms folded, um, I'm always wondering, what is he thinking? <laughs> difficult people, difficult people. We had uh, we started this yesterday. We're continuing the discussion today. Dr. Randy here along with Jennifer and, and um, Derek and, and Stephen and our team. Uh, and we're going to get to some of the calls that we have lined up and others that have shared with us uh, to prepare for the show today. Uh, difficult people. The reason we're doing this is because at the end of the half hour, here's my challenge. I'd like to have you either identify yourself as saying, you know, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm a difficult person based on what I'm hearing, and I'm going to do something about it. I want to be intentional. Or I have a difficult person in my life, and I've learned one thing today that I can use to help me be more intentional in that relationship for God's glory and my benefit or our benefit. So if we've accomplished that, been a successful half hour, and that's my one thing for today, right? All right, uh, let me get to the calls to get started. We're going to go to Cindy first in New Mexico. Cindy, welcome to Intentional Living. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing just super. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's good. We appreciate your call. What? Uh, how do you relate to this uh, difficult person? Well... Um, I have had years and years of being a difficult person myself. I am not young by any stretch of the imagination. And I've had to have a lot of help over uh, the the span of my life. Um, But learning spiritual principles and and to apply them to my life has obviously been the most valuable. And when I hear people talk, I can so relate uh, to their their pain and... um, you know, their difficulty, and I have had to learn uh, a great deal about uh, a beautiful word. It's called humility. Mm-hmm. And another one is forgiveness. And when I think of what Jesus has done for me over my entire lifespan and continues to do it because I'm, I'm an older, older woman now and I have, uh, you know, a lot of physical things going on, and the beauty of His grace and mercy becomes so real, it's so profound, and so overwhelming that it, it gives you a heart of love and it changes you. But I, I'm human just as anybody is. And, you know, there are situations like even on my job or with certain family members, it's a very long story how I got to Albuquerque and I won't even begin to get into that, but... Uh, I had a friend many, many years ago that taught me some very important things. And one of them was that people come into our lives, some come to stay, some are, you know, uh, are only there for a period of time. But what the, what the situation is about really 
is learning about me mm. and how I respond to somebody else and understanding that in and of myself, and Jesus said it himself, of myself I am nothing, nothing. The Father doeth the works. So that's what I have uh, been taught, and that is what I rely on 24-7, is that continued growing in a relationship and understanding I will never be you know, more than just a human being. I will never do that. Mm. Learning our own limitations, because we're all in the same uh, same reality, the same boat, as it were, traveling through life. We all have challenges. And uh, as I said yesterday on the show, to the extent as is possible, the scripture says, we are to live at peace with everyone, to understand that we are, like you said, just, just all humans. Good insight. Thank you, Cindy. Got to move on here. Going to go to... Uh, Carlotta, who's in uh, Michigan. Hi there, Carlotta. Welcome to Intentional Living. How are you today? I'm well, Randy. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, what have you learned? What's uh, what's your take on this thing with difficult family or difficult relationships? Um, I, I want to sound still in the learning process because it's new. It's new, but it's not new to me. What's new to what's new is the fact that my my mom, our mom, transitioned um, in uh, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of April. Mm-hmm. And this is the second, um, first, everything with, her, with, you know, without her. I have three siblings. Um, my sister, my, I have an older sister, then it's me, then it's two of my brothers. And so what's, what's difficult is that once our mom transitioned, um, everybody, uh, just a lot of things that they've been, um, that they have not, that they just kind of like tucked away, Yeah, is keeping us from um, connecting. Like I feel and I can only say how I feel is that her transitioning separated us because I try to operate in love. I operate in forgiveness. It's like, I'm, I'm different than I respond differently because I'm more so about family. Like I want to pull the family. I'm always wanting to pull and have the family together. It's, it's, Whatever you're upset or of a person not doing or didn't do is, you know, I understand that, but so much time go by when we don't address it. Like we never really would address it. We would talk to our, we would talk to our mom about it. Yeah. I wouldn't so much talk to her about it, but my our mom would talk to if she had something going on, if it was something that she didn't like that one of us did, she would go to our siblings. But see what happens, you, you, know, you, you, you just touched on it, Carlotta. I think the pro- part of the problem was that your mom was the glue. She was the center. If you think of a wheel, it's like the, the hub, the centerpiece, and then you got these spokes going out, and the kids are the spokes. But once the hub is gone, what holds the spokes together? And so now all of a sudden, you guys got to get reconnected with each other because everything sort of passed through mom. You just said it. If some something came, mom would call the siblings. So mom became 
sort of the uh, communications director for the family, handling the emotions of the family. Uh, you know, and now that mom's gone, that glue is missing. Can I just encourage you, Carlotta, because I hear your heart. Your mom just passed away last year. And I'm so sorry for your loss. I can hear in your heart that that's a big that's a big hurt. Can I encourage you with your siblings to the extent that you can, that you would just get together either on the phone or have coffee or dinner if you're nearby and just talk about that. Just say, how have we been impacted since mom's gone? You know, and, and just talk and, and have limited expectations and just listen. Because I can tell you right now from my experience of working with families is your, your brothers and your sister are going to come and have different words to share, different expectations about the relationship. Frankly, there's very likely in a family when a parent who's been the hub of the whole family uh, passes on that there's going to be some family that's going to say, I don't care about my relationship with my siblings. Let's just be honest. My relationship with, with my mom and my dad, that was the connection point and holidays and whatever. But now that they're gone, that's not so important to me anymore. It's not that they, they hate somebody or don't like somebody. It's just say, hey, we don't have the same common interest. We're not going the same direction. Uh, we never maybe were that close before. Why are we going to be close now? And so having reasonable expectations that maybe the sibling relationship isn't going to be everything that you want it to be. I think that's a hurtful, hard thing for families where you have a sibling who really wants to have a good relationship with a sibling. Maybe that sibling is not reciprocating because they don't have the same level of interest. So just having an honest discussion, putting the proverbial cards on the on the table and talking about it uh, can, can be really a, an important thing to do. I, I hope that helps, Carlotta, and I, I hear your pain. Thank you for calling. All right, we're going to go to Mary in a moment. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're talking about difficult people. Love to have you join in on our storyline today, 888 For our Facebook friends, you can post right there. Tell us what you're learning about uh, difficult people. And one thing you do to make a relationship with a difficult person work better. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. A lot of us have people in our families that don't know Jesus. But did you know that even Jesus had family members who rejected him? That's why Dr. Randy Carlson is offering you his teachings on this, where you'll learn how to sustain a relationship with family members who don't share your faith in God. If you missed an opportunity to give during our year-end fundraiser, you can give now and have your gift matched and doubled by generous friends of the ministry. We'll automatically deliver this month's exclusive teaching and other intentional living tools directly to your inbox every month. Give right now and you'll also receive the Names of God calendar, where each month features a different name of God, beautiful scenery, and a description of the meaning of God's name for that month. Your monthly support helps people live an intentional life in Christ. Call 888-888-1717 today or visit TheIntentionalLife.com. That's TheIntentionalLife.com. You know, that lesson does fit into what we're talking about here today, doesn't it? Um, uh, Jesus, of course, was born into a family. Virgin birth, we know that. We believe that. Uh, he was God and man at the same time. How that all works, I don't know, but it worked. He came to, to live a life 
And uh, to die for us on the cross as a result, coming back to life, we have eternal life. And I accept that and believe that it's transformed my life. When he was here, he was the firstborn into a family. And uh, he had several, and the, the Bible gives us a sort of a head count of how many siblings he had. I talk about it in the lesson. And he had brothers and sisters. From what we can tell, some of them accepted him and others rejected him. Some ridiculed him. Flat out, it's in the Bible. They, reject, they just uh, ridiculed him. And I'm thinking, Jesus, who's been saved billions of people, billions of lives have been radically changed, and yet those in the inner circle, jealousy maybe, um, misunderstanding, and it, just human stuff caused them to reject this lesson. But there's a beautiful passage in the New Testament of Jesus after his resurrection having an encounter with one of his brothers. In fact, as far as we know, uh, it may have been the only encounter after the resurrection of Christ that was with a person that may not have been a believer. James became a believer. We know that. Followed Christ. He wrote the book of James in the New Testament. Maybe at that moment he wasn't. Was that the tipping point? And I talk about it in the lesson this month. What what did what happened in that moment? What do, what do we see? What what do we don't see? What is it we don't see? Uh, what can we learn about Jesus from his relationship with his siblings that will help us in our relationship with the people that are important in our life who may be difficult? So the lesson this month is on that, Jesus dealing with the difficult people in his family. Uh, so members, hey, just uh, wait for it. It's coming your way here mid-month uh, from Intentional Living. Hope you enjoy it, both video and audio. Um, and if you're not a member, come and join us. This is a great time to get started for this new year. Your monthly support is helping us reach more people for Christ. And right now we have some friends matching every gift, dollar for dollar, coming into the ministry, dollar for dollar, doubled for the ministry to help us close out this year strong. We've been a little bit behind, and your help is going to be appreciated. Uh, just go to theintentionallife.com. Click on the donate button, or you can call during West Coast business hours, 888-888-1717, and press the prompt. I think it's number two that'll take you to our staff, and they can process the gift on the phone if that's easier for you. 888-888-1717, or go to theintentionallife.com. All right, let's get back to calls. Um, Mara, Mara's not Mary, it's Mara. Did I get that right? It's Marty. Maddie, Maddie, I yes. took three tries, but I got it, Maddie. I got That's it. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you for your patience there in Texas. Tell us about the difficult people in your life. What have you learned? Well, I'm learning that I um, don't have all the answers, and I don't um, know where to move forward from this. I really like on the previous conversation you were talking about the scripture where it says when it's all possible for you mm -hmm. to live in peace. And so that was just like, yeah, but how do you do that, right? My understanding is I am difficult. I am. Um, I've got difficult adult children, but then there's difficult circumstances that we're walking through and just trying to bring some um, peace into our home and our relationships and just realizing that there is a lot of generational patterns. Mm -hmm. So then that makes the difficult people even more difficult. And so really 
I'm calling in for guidance. Yeah, th- these <laughs> are your children? Thinking it up. Is it yes. your children? Okay, how old are they, roughly? What, what ages? Um, they're, so the oldest is 23, and the youngest is 18, and then we've got one in between that's 22. And they're all difficult to, relationships with, with you and with each other? Right or? now, yeah. Yeah, we're okay. all just in a really tough place as okay. a family. All right, so you're all going through this together, and you're all rea- responding to it differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, what the what the problem is may not be as important as how you respond to it, but I think just being as honest with your kids and yourself as you can be, and I think if it were me, I would probably humbly sit down with my kids and just say, I don't like this. I don't like what we're going through. I don't like it for me. I don't like it for you, and I know I can be difficult at times. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. Um, t- yeah. tell me something that I, without, and listen, this is the hard part, Madi, is that we want to come back and give instructions. Then we right. want to come back and say, well, do this or do that, right? Is that something you'd wrestle with? Well, yes, and, and learning that that's not working, but just really um, finding the willingness. Um, you know, it's really hard. Um, we don't mean to, right, but as humans, I think we do, um, you know, we push blame and, and, you know, there's a lot of, um, unforgiveness and, and loss of trust, um, to me as the parent. And so that just makes it even harder for the willingness and, um, trying to understand that I know. So they don't trust you. Yes. So they, in their view, you've broken trust with them. Right. All Mm -hmm. right. And, um, are they saying they're not willing to connect with you around that, or is it going to get take time? Is this a time sensitive issue? Well, for one of them, I um, yeah, that's the issue. There's just no desire for a relationship. With the other ones, they're just silent and so mm. just not responsive, not not wanting to communicate or engage, but just kind of just being present, um, just kind of hanging out, and and that's hard. <laughs> yeah. No, you mean violent? You mean physically? Um, or emotionally? Well, no, or just... I mean, not, not, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're present, but they're not present. Oh, I see what you mean. Sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not knowing all the details, uh, Madi, but I, I, a couple of principles I think are important for intentional living uh, and we see this in the, you know, talking about Jesus and his relationship with his siblings. One little glimpse we get is that he had an encounter with James all alone, not the others. Um, he talked to James. He presented himself before James after the resurrection. And I think there's a great lesson there to be learned that sometimes you divide and conquer. Uh, and start, instead of having them all sitting there and it's a big tension with the whole family, take the, take the one uh, child that maybe is most open to a relationship and get one-on-one with them. Uh, go to coffee, have dinner, talk. Just be really open. Apologize. Take responsibility. Hey, if I've broken trust with you, it's my responsibility. And um, I know it's going to take time. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to be the person that uh, God wants me to be and, and uh, you need for me to be. I can't be responsible if you're going to accept that or not. That's your decision. I'm praying for you. I want the best for you. That's my goal and for us. Uh, but to have that kind of a, a hope, uh, there's something about an honest, open humility. You think about it. 
think about it. When you have, when the kids are younger, mom or dad, and you do something that was, you, you feel badly about, and you go to your kids and, you know, they're five years old and you say, honey, I was wrong when I did this. Will you forgive me? What do they do? I mean, generally the kids are happy to do that. I mean, just the acknowledgement, I was wrong. That's a humbling thing for a parent to do with a child. And to be able to sit before your kids sometime and just say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Not knowing what it is, but when trust gets broken, remember, we can build trust over a long period of time, but lose it quickly. And so it may take some time for that trust to be rebuilt because people are watching and waiting. You don't beg, you don't grovel, you know. Um, sometimes it's like losing weight. You don't check your weight every day. You give it time, you know. You just keep doing the right thing and then check in from time to time how we doing and just keep loving them. And I, again, I think sometimes doing one-on-one is, uh, is better. Uh, all right, can we take a break? Let's do that. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Wrap this up in a little bit. We're talking about difficult people and how to do one thing to be intentional to make things better. Redeemer. Father. My refuge. The ways we describe God may change depending on what we're facing. Teacher. My shepherd. But one thing remains constant. God is always near you 365 days a year. And Intentional Living has a reminder of God's constant presence in your life that we'd like to share with you. When you support Intentional Living with a gift of $30 a month or a single gift of $365, we'll say thank you with the 2023 Names of God calendar. Each month shares a different name of God, beautiful scenery, and a description of the meaning of God's name for that month. Your support of Intentional Living continues to provide daily hope and encouragement. And the Names of God calendar will remind you that God is with you all year long. You can give now at The Intentional Life com or call triple eight triple eight seventeen seventeen. One of the things we see in the book of First Corinthians fifteen is how Jesus had an encounter with his half brother James after his resurrection. It must have been a powerful moment as Jesus exposed his hands and showed him the nail prints and shared with him again why he was here and what his purpose was as God in man form. And it obviously made a difference in James' life because he became a mover and shaker in that first century church. That encounter between those siblings here on earth must have been a powerful moment. Wouldn't it have been beautiful to just see what happened at that moment between Jesus and James as uh, James had a revelation and all of a sudden insight of who his brother really was. Yeah, that's an excerpt right from the teaching this month on how Jesus dealt with his difficult family relationships. Very practical lesson, just really down to earth. This is the the human side of uh, Jesus with his with his family. Uh, and what we do, if you're new to intentional living, is we believe today, now more than ever, you really got a couple of choices how you're choosing to live your life. Uh, you can either take the good intentioned approach which I think most of us have. You know, we have desires, we have hopes and dreams. Uh, and then for any number of reasons, we get discouraged, we get overwhelmed, we fall back into the old trap of um, wrong expectations, and then we go around in circles. Or we can choose to be intentional. And the Bible says to delight ourselves in the Lord that he may give us the desires of our heart, Psalm 37. And delight is is a verb, it's an action word. It's 
It's an active way of showing pleasure, satisfaction, and happiness in Christ. And intentional living is really about, well, how am I going to live today? Not only being the hearers of the word, but doers. And then what happens is for people like me who get a little ADD, I think I got to do all these things, and then I don't do anything. And so we challenge you to think about this one question. One question. Forget all the other ones. One focus. What one thing could we do in the next... One thing we could do in the next uh, 30 days, every day, that would make the single biggest difference in our life. We're going to focus on that coming into this next year and help a lot of people think that through. Maybe you'll be one. All right, do we have time? Let's get uh, Diane. Do we have time for Diane? Let's uh, get Diane on the air. Nope. Um, now let's go to Jim. Uh, I think we got time to talk to Jim. Go right ahead, Jim. Well, so about... I'd say seven years ago, I was a transportation manager at a transportation company. I had one of my drivers <clears throat> accuse me of putting my hands on him, and it was a total lie. And I, uh, I said, God, I don't know what to pray for, but I'm praying for this man. You said to pray for him. That's what I'm doing. And I kid you not, it, uh, the truth came out, and I had any feeling of angst or anger I had towards this man was completely gone. I felt bad for him. It was like I said, I said, God, I don't know what I'm praying for him, but I'm praying for him. And he, and the Lord worked it out. So that's what I learned. Learning to uh, be patient with people. Sorry we didn't get to everybody's calls here today, but I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we're going to keep the comment line open. Love to have you join in. You can share your uh, one thing that you've, you're doing, um, either in your own life to become less difficult or uh, in dealing with the difficult people in your world. As I mentioned, coming up in 2023, we're going to focus more and more on this power of one thing because the world is busy, it's chaotic, we're overwhelmed, and we believe that when we choose to be intentional by doing the next right one thing, or every day having at least one thing on, that, on your agenda that's moving you to bring greater pleasure to Christ, and here's what I believe, when we do that, we bring benefit to ourselves and our family. So let me be specific. Let me give you an example. Let's assume for a moment that you're struggling in your marriage and you've been struggling and you got some real issues that need to be dealt with. Let me ask you this question because I believe that sometimes we're our own best counselor. You kind of know in your own heart, what one thing could you do, not they could do, but what one thing could you do in the next 30 days that would make the single biggest difference in that relationship? Now, there's not really a right or wrong answer. There might be a lot of things, but just kind of what popped to your head? What did, what did God reveal in your heart? Was it to say, I'm not going to criticize for 30 days, or I'm going to pray for my spouse for 30 days, or I'm going to get with my spouse. She's been asking about getting counseling, and we're going to get into counseling during these next 30 days. What one thing could you do? And then do it every day, one thing. It'll change your life. We're going to help you think this through, not only for marriage, but finance, health, work, relationships, your faith, all throughout 2023. Life-changing year. Thousands of people we're seeing that will make a, make a commitment to Christ and then a commitment to their life and their family. And I thank those of you who are supporting us, members of Intentional Living. You're making all this possible. God bless you. Thank you for helping us close out this year strong. And again, gifts being matched right now as uh, you go to theintentionallife.com or call 888-888-1717 and hit the prompt to talk to our staff. I think it's uh, number two. For Jennifer, Stephen, and Derek today, thanks for being a part of Intentional Living. I'm Dr. Randy. 
Have a great day. We'll see you next time.